Hello, this is Michelle Weston with Wellness Learning Curves 2.0. I hope you're having a good day. And I have a special guest today with me. She is very dear to me and I love to cook. And when I was at University of Maryland, I had the opportunity to take a couple of her nutrition cooking classes. So she can give us a lot of help and information on those of us with chronic conditions, those who are caregivers, spouses, kids, to know what can help a person feel better and what sometimes is not such a great idea. So Eleanor Gafton is a professor at Maryland University of Integrative Health, and I know that she's going to bring us a lot of really good ideas and also talk about her journey because she came to America via Europe, and I was also uh, intrigued by speaking to a nutritionist who also came with a different background as a kid and as, as a young adult, because when you speak to people in different countries, we all grew up with different things. And I think it's really cool to learn that, right? What do you think, Absol Eleonora? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a div, uh, coming from a different culture and from a different environment, uh, our microbiome, it's uh, very uh, different. And as we all know, actually, all inflammation starts in the uh, GI, which is the gastrointestinal tract. So if um, your microbiome is off balance, uh, your whole body actually goes off balance. And uh, we know from studies, and it's uh, very evident that actually the second brain, it's in the gut. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that interesting? I mean, and so everyone out there, you're going to hear the gut in issue a lot. You're going to see a ton of different diets for things. Um, not It's just like not every trend in fashion is good for everyone. And it's the same for your gut. Not every food or every beverage is good for everyone. And you pick and choose. But I think that what's important about for me, and I'm going to clarify, Working with a nutritionist as opposed to a dietitian, which I've had the opportunity to do both, both are very skilled, they're very knowledgeable, but I like the integration of nutritionists. I think it's more integrative. I think it's not as um, strict as I found with dietitians. I found dietitians have a tendency to work a great deal with doctors and hospitals and it's Correct me if I'm wrong, Eleanor, but that's been my experience. They've been very good at what they do, but I found that my food plan, my diet was better working with a nutritionist. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. Absolutely. There is uh, a, uh, a space for both careers uh, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, some, uh, you know, some people uh, in critical care, they need very scripted dietetic protocols. Um, being a doctor in clinical nutrition, uh, I am trained in uh, a functional uh, medicine. So we are looking at the person as a whole because we cannot separate uh, the brain from the gut, uh, first of all. But uh, it's important to look at the whole person and the, the whole environment. So we focus Definitely nutrition, it's uh, one of the pillars, 
but we look also at movement, at sleep, mindfulness, because all these are interwoven and very critical in the maintenance of uh, a person uh, to strive. Uh, look into the community, what's their support system, their spiritual practices, what's their connection with nature, uh, and then see what are the stressors. You know, uh, you might be a student, you are still uh, um uh, you know, learning, or if you are in the workforce, you know, what are the stressors that, uh, you know, you have a family life, or even if you are retired, you know, you have your own stressors. So we need to put all those uh, pillars uh, into the context when we are working uh, with um, a, a client to make sure that we are addressing and we are helping them to overcome any of the barriers that they are presenting, and absolutely the focus is on nutrition. How can we upgrade? And again, meeting our clients where they are, and then helping them to make uh, better choices. I think um, so. And definitely making better choices is important, you know, and also understand she's, you know, teaching at graduate level, she's teaching people that are getting there. Their doctorates, they're getting their graduate degrees. What I've learned also is that dietitians in certain states are the only ones who can go under insurance. And in some states, dietitians and nutritionists can be there. But you have to check with your insurance if it's something that you're concerned about working with someone. So just check into that. It's a good, it's, you know, it's becoming more and more working in healthcare. I'm seeing more and more um, insurance coverage of dietitians and nutritionists because it's so important to do pre-care, not after somebody has gotten sick. We'd like to keep people well before they get ill. And with chronic conditions, it would be nice not to add on to a chronic condition that one has, but we definitely see more and more multiple chronic conditions today. Yeah, the, you are bringing up an excellent point because my journey in this country, because I come again from a culture where uh, the focus is on prevention, absolutely. And you're from? Uh, and uh, I'm from uh, Romania, and I grew up uh, on an organic uh, farm. We had our own winery, so everything we ate in the season because uh, uh, for me, um Eating in the season, it was something very natural. And uh, when I started teaching my students, they uh, uh, questioned me. It's like, what do you mean to eat in the season? I mean, I'm going to the grocery store. And uh, if I want strawberries in January or if I want strawberries uh, in September, I'm going to get the strawberries. Isn't that so, funny? Because I don't want so strawberries from Chile in the middle of like yeah, January so or December. Absolutely. It took me a little while to sink that in. It's like, yeah, there is not that concept of eating in the season. It's very hard to define it because uh, of the abundance that there exists. However, when we are looking at the nutrient density of these foods, it's a whole different uh, um, perspective. Because as you mentioned, yeah, why would I spend triple the money for something coming from Chile? Uh, or from um, Mexico. Uh, Mexico or uh, whatever it is, 
uh, by the time it gets into my refrigerator, the nutrient density, it's uh, all, I mean, it's completely gone. So uh, that's why it's, uh, again, um, when we are working with our clients, it's not only helping them uh, to eat better, but we are educating. And that's, I think that that's the uh, biggest um, differentiator because we are always looking how it can educate to really understand that, yeah, if you want strawberry in the winter, get the frozen one because then it's, uh, when it's uh, flash frozen, it's peak, it's harvested at the peak season. So the nutrients are still there. And, uh, uh, and then just connect with your local farms. I mean, and, that yeah. Is and, so and we have lots of, you know, green, we have, uh, you know, the, uh, market the uh food markets are great outside and the green grocers are here in new york are great and i think in maryland you also have a good share of them absolutely your uh, farmers uh, visit them that's the the critical point talk to them see what are their practices and uh, a lot of these you know because it's very expensive actually it's more expensive to work on a commercial field because all these pesticides and chemicals and all that they are extremely expensive and it you know it just erodes the soil and it causes so many um gastrointestinal challenges and that's that's where the connection comes in because the glyphosates as we know it's such a uh, has the highest impact on the uh, GI tract. So when your endothelial lining of your GI tract it's uh, um, destroyed, so all these large particles get into your bloodstream, and here the inflammation occurs. So that's basically the inroad how inflammation happens. And a lot of our, you know, population doesn't understand that. Yes, so, uh, they don't. And when she says glyphosate, think Roundup, okay? I want you to think of a product called Roundup. And I um, was fortunate enough here in New York to study food politics with NYU University and meet Marion Nessel, who is just this absolute wealth of plethora of information. But understand, I grew up in Michigan and behind my elementary school, they built a big golf course and I was a kid and there are more of us in our forties and fifties who have neurological conditions. And the more I study, I think that because of the grid of the band around the world in that grid with all that roundup, I think there really was an issue environmentally. So we're not talking about food wise. We're not talking about, you know, you know, do you, can you get that? Is it genetic? Is it, you know, something you have in your family? I literally think which there are studies on neurology and the problem with glyphosate. And if you want more information on that, let me know. Just write me at mjwmjwellnessnavigator.com. And I'm going to give you Eleanor's information too at the end. And it'll be on my site as well, because there's so many things that you can adjust easily. Those of you eating canned fruit and vegetables, not the best if you can stay away from that. Not that they're horrible. It's just, as she was saying, food density means there's more 
nutrition in them. There's just more in there. And you want it as nutritious as possible. You know, winter is about apples and pears. It's about squashes. You want to know, gosh, when I go to the grocery store, why is this so much more expensive than that? Well, is it in season, right, Eleanor? I mean, sure, absolutely. And uh, you, you bring up a great point. Yes, uh, e- even if we are follow, uh, you know, the vegetables of the season, uh, you know, they're more dense. So because they want to nourish us. So we are looking at, we are looking at, uh, you know, these beautiful colors, you know, all those, uh, the potatoes, I mean, they are, uh, you know, the sweet potato and that comes in uh, different colors. You have the white, the yellow, the orange, the purple, uh, you know, and the you know, the abundance, and then you have the uh, washes, you know, they're very dense. And again, but it's the beta carotene, you know, that orange, again, because we need for our immune system and our skin and our eyesight. Right. So it doesn't have to be carrots, guys. It could be squash. It could be squash. It could be, uh, you know, and then we look at the carrots, you know, carrots come in different kinds of shades too. There is the white, the yellow, the purple, the orange. And actually, our um, heirloom uh, carrot, it mm-hmm. was purple. And uh, what these colors, what do they mean? So these are uh, pigments that the plants provide us, and they are antioxidants. We hear constantly, it's like antioxidant, antioxidant. Well, these antioxidants have an amazing role in our body because they help scavenge all those free radicals that cause the inflammation. So the more color we incorporate in our diet, we have a lot more uh, um, antioxidants. So it helps to keep down the inflammation. And I remember you talking about your plate should be a rainbow. You should really explore. Absolutely. And this is uh, which I really find it fascinating, and I'm. Uh, uh, I hope everybody else gets uh, so excited. Uh, if you fully understand uh, the most genes that you are expressing, it's after two hours uh, of a meal. So then it's the the most because we are made right. We are made out of uh, uh, protein, so that's the genes that we are expressing happens two hours after a meal. So now put that fact into context. So what genes are you expressing? You know, if you are eating a rainbow, you have this abundance of colors and phytonutrients that, you know, you're going to express those beautiful genes, you know, that keeps you happy, healthy, and lively. Compared to if you are eating, you know, that Big Mac or like the donuts or anything, so that's all dead food. So there is no life force in there. So the genes that you are expressing, they're going to be very um, sad. And, uh, you know, and especially why it's so important in the winter, because People are also suffering from uh, seasonal uh, disorders. So, uh, you know, that's why you want the rainbow to show up on your plate. And uh, 
like I said, the body, it uh, rewards you with those beautiful genes. And uh, uh, so that that's something that it's really very dear to me. And uh, um, that's one very powerful message that uh, I always uh, share with my uh, clients and, uh, uh, you know, some really great results. Yeah. And also the biggest, the first real big lesson I learned about inflammation, because I have, as you guys know out there, have a neurological condition. So inflammation is very important to me to keep down, um, was the darker the green, the better off I am. So those of you who love iceberg lettuce and have neurological, start looking at the darker green, start looking at the spinach and the kale and tatsoi and arugula and explore those kinds of foods because as Eleanor was talking about, they are nutrient dense and they also keep down inflammation. They really will help your body work better. And that's why nutrition and learning about nutrition, especially with a chronic condition is so important. You're not being punished. We're just telling you how to best reward your body for making better choices. Processed foods, we develop processed foods because life is fast. But you know what? We can quickly get ill. And we know that obesity, unfortunately, is considered a chronic condition. And those numbers in America are very high because people grab things quickly, like McDonald's, like a donut, knowing that you're going to grab some processed foods, making better choices. Why do we have so many salad bars now as processed, you know, as places to go? Thank goodness there's salad bars because who always needs a burger, you know? And I'm going to ask Eleanor later about this whole idea of a plant-based diet as opposed to a animal protein diet, because you're going to hear a lot about this. Nothing should be done. And I think I'm going to, Eleanor, nothing should be done in extremes. You take things in stages. You don't just suddenly don't eat a whole way that you have. You work things in so that you're comfortable, so that you don't feel, you know, that you're not getting things that you like, but you make better choices. Is that how you work with people who eat a lot of processed food? Absolutely. And uh, and it's always, so food, um, you know, just like I uh, shared that uh, the gene expression, uh, you hear also a lot, uh, you know, the terms coined food is information. And uh, what you really need to understand is um, how, so what I, I like to make this analogy, uh, you know, when you have a high performance car uh, and you have a, a manual and it requires, uh, you know, super octane uh, gasoline and you really adhere to that because, you know, if you put uh, less um, uh, quality, your car will not perform. So your body, it's your temple. So you have to make the right choices. And once you start uh, transitioning to more live uh, whole foods, you start eating a lot less because the body is receiving the nutrients. So you don't have to finish, uh, uh, you know, that um, uh, industrial size bag of chips and you still look for more. 
if you are making your own uh, potato chips, you know, like you take a, a beautiful uh, sweet potato and you slice it up. And if you have an air fryer, it takes literally um, 15 to 20 minutes and you have your potato chip right there, uh, which is filled again with that nutrient density. And that's, you know, the body, it's also, it's a very sophisticated uh, machine. It has all these processes. And in order for those processes to work, it needs to have the adequate micro and macronutrients. So um, can you describe when you say, because I love that, we say micronutrients and macronutrients, give them my idea of what would fall under micro or fall under macro. Yeah, so the macronutrients, uh, you know, your uh, three, that's an excellent question, actually, David, your three categories, and that's uh, the carbohydrates, uh, the uh, lipids, and uh, the uh, proteins. So, and, and again, in these categories, uh, when you're looking at carbohydrates, especially with the chronic inflammation, you want to look also for low glycemic index. And in this category, you have all the non-starchy vegetables and fruits. So all that plethora of uh, berries, you have lingo berry, blueberry, blackberry, raspberry, uh, strawberry, uh, you know, you bilberry, you name it. You have a whole plethora of berries. So those are colorful and also have, they are very high in antioxidants. Um, and then you have the, the vegetables, right? So those are carbohydrates as well. So you want to stick with the uh, um, uh, the non-starchy, it's like you mentioned the dark leafy greens. Yeah, those are amazing. You know, you have the colored, you have the kale. And then within the kale family, you have different categories right there. And when I introduce my clients, I always start them with the lacinato or dinosaur. Oh, I love it. The dinosaur, my favorite. Yeah, my favorite. That's milder. And right now, it's the best season for the dark leafy greens mm. because, uh, say, so, uh, these phytonutrients, they are not as abundant as in the summer because it's that bitter. And that's the natural. Um, substances or compounds that these plants produce uh, to protect themselves from the uh, UVA uh, of the, the sun. So the hotter it's outside, the more compounds they produce to protect themselves. It's their sun defense. Wow. So an apple that it's high on the tree, on the top of the tree, that it's more exposed to the sun it's going to have a lot more phytonutrients than one that it's on the lower and doesn't have as much sun exposure because it doesn't have to produce as many um, uh, antioxidants. So that's, you know, that's something to consider, especially when you go, uh, you know, pick your own. You want to go on the top to get the more uh, nutrient dense. So those are the carbohydrates. Uh, and, and, and it's important. I want, the, I want to say something because, you know, this is Americans, Eleanor. Do you guys hear the word carbohydrates? I bet most of you are thinking that it's about 
breads and sweets and flour and things, carbohydrates show up in a lot of categories. And when we talk about, I still hate these words, but good carbohydrates and I always say less less, uh, good carbohydrates, um, it's important to know under carbohydrates, you know, you can have vegetables and fruits and so forth, not just flour and bakery and rolls and things. And you probably hear this when you work with people. That's why working with a nutritionist or dietitian is so valuable. We want you to understand that when you hear carbohydrates, it doesn't mean that carbs are bad. You need carbohydrates to produce a lot of vitamins, a lot of steps for proteins to be broken down and so forth. So consider really a learning curve that carbohydrates are good for you. Not all carbs are bad. Absolutely. And then, uh, of course, there are the cereals and, uh, uh, you know, uh, are part of the carbohydrates. And we always want to make sure that the grains are whole grains, because again, uh, like a whole grain, uh, you know, which it's it's a complex uh, carbohydrate because it has the bran, so that's the fiber. It has the endosperm, that's the carbohydrate, and then the germ, which contains the fat and the protein. So when you are looking at a processed uh, grain, uh, you are left with the endosperm. So you are removing the protein and the uh, and the fat and the fiber. Uh, the brand. So again, fiber, it's very critical. Uh, you know, it's your natural uh, broom. It takes all the uh, toxins and the fat and uh, uh, and everything, shuttles it out from your system. So you want to make sure that you have a, uh, you know, and it's nutrition and we need to talk about poop. You have to poop on a daily basis, make sure it's nice, fully formed. You don't have to uh, uh, strain yourself. That's very critical because again, if you are not eliminating, those toxins are building in and causes inflammation. And then in uh, other category, uh, so we talked about the, the carbohydrates, we have the protein. So here are, you know, your uh, amino acids. And uh, here, uh, you you know, again, two uh, categories, you have the plant-based and you have uh, um, your animal products. And, and again, it's not one size fits all. You have to look at the person, their history, their culture, and then advise accordingly. Not everybody strives uh, on a pure plant-based uh, diet. Uh, and not everybody strives on a strictly animal-based uh, uh, diet. And uh, it's really fascinating because it was just released, uh, the review of the uh, best diets. And it's not surprisingly, once again, the Mediterranean diet came out uh, uh, number one or uh, between uh, one and uh, three or four in eight categories. You know, the more nutrient density, the more colorful, uh, great source of protein. I mean, there is a whole uh, list how they are being evaluated and uh, uh, Mediterranean diet. Like I said, it came uh, definitely overall number one. It's no surprise. It's one of the uh, true and tested uh, diet that, uh, you know, it's uh, 
it survived and it's, you know, and that's what you want to have an abundance uh, of colors and uh, you have a good source of uh, all your macronutrients. And then we are looking at the fats, right? And uh, here we have, you know, the um, saturated fats, uh, monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. So you want uh, the one thing that you really don't want in your diet are all the vegetable oils because those are very high in omega-6 and that's uh, uh, pro-inflammatory. Again, it causes a lot of inflammation. So when we are looking at the the ratio between omega-3 that it's anti-inflammatory and omega-6 that it's pro-inflammatory, we need them both. You can't eliminate one or the other. We need them both, but you want the ratio of the omega-3 to be higher. And you get that from walnuts. You get, of course, your um, fatty fish like salmon, uh, mackerel, um, herrings and uh, sardines, you know, these are uh, your major uh, low on mercury and excellent source of uh, omega-3. The brain needs fat. Without fat, uh, you don't function. And you wonder why we have so many, uh, you know, uh, we are building so many memory care centers. If we remember, you know, the 70s when we were in that no fat, low fat, so here we are 50 years later, we see the consequences. So we really need to understand that fat, it's critical. Again, um, uh, our cells have a lipid layer, so you need it, but you need the anti-inflammatory omega, uh, omegas, not the pro-inflammatory. Yeah. And it's interesting. You know, I don't use corn oil. I don't use canola or Wesson. Yeah. I really have moved towards grapeseed and I use, um, of course, avocado oil now and I use olive oil. And those are oils that are just better for your body. Is butter horrible? I don't think butter is going to disappear. Um, but learning how to use things correctly and a little bit, I like a little butter on a potato, but not a ton of butter. You know, sure. you guys know I've over 14 years, I've lost over a hundred pounds and I still use butter. I do not use margarine. I don't use it. Um, it's not a product that I would use, but right. But I don't want it to disappear, but I also want to, again, look at it and go, how much can I enjoy on a piece of toast or on a baked potato? You know, that's what you're looking for. Don't think about going to an expensive restaurant or a fancy restaurant and what they're doing in the kitchen. Go for your meal, enjoy the meal, and know you're not going to cook exactly like they are with butter at home because they're in the kitchen and they're doing, you know, what chefs do, which is, which we all love. We watch, we watch a lot of cooking shows, but really think about, you know, what can I use instead? Grapeseed has a real high cooking um, number so you can cook you know up what is it 450 450 yeah it has a high uh, high point actually grapeseed uh, it's uh, you know it, it's also grapeseed it's good to uh, in baking it has because of the high point and uh, uh, they are good recipes but uh, what about you coconut? know the best uh, the best oil so we have you know you mentioned the butter um 
so butter, it's 80% uh, fat, and then 20% it's uh, uh, lactose, you know, dairy and uh, water. So uh, ghee, which it's actually used in uh, Ayurvedic medicine, it's a... Uh, Indian um, food. Uh, it's Yeah, but it's also a vessel to uh, help dispense a lot of the anti-inflammatory herbs. So they use, they infuse uh, turmeric with uh, ghee, they infuse ginger, they infuse uh, um, a lot of their spices, and that's a vessel. So we are looking at the saturated fats, it's like the ghee, the coconut oil, um, and then you have, you know, lard, pork fat, uh, you have tallow, which is the beef fat, and then you have the schmaltz, you know, that comes from uh, fowl. So these are all excellent fats, and that's what, you know, I grew up with them. Uh, but it's, you know, we didn't bathe in it. We just used to flavor. So it's, uh, uh, you know, using it sparingly, it, uh, these fats, they have the great gift that they don't get rancid. So that's, again, because rancidity causes, again, more inflammation. So butter, you have to keep it in the refrigerator. If you use ghee, you can keep it on the counter. Um, again, coconut oil has, you know, you don't have to refrigerate it. It has a two-year shelf life. Uh, again, but you, you are using it sparingly. You don't overuse it. Uh, actually, coconut oil, it's uh, highly recommended for uh, a population who has no gallbladder because uh, that's- I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, really? that's the only oil that doesn't need bile to be broken down. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, especially, uh, and it also helps, you know, with weight management. So, uh, because it makes you feel full. So, uh, that's uh, again, but you have to use it sparingly. It's, you know, not that old oh, coconut oil, it's so great for me. So, I'm starting eating by the spoonful. No, that's not the case. So, again, just because it's good, it doesn't mean that you have to indulge, okay? Everything in moderation. So yes. that's that's very critical. And um, so these are the macronutrients. And then the micronutrients are the vitamins. You know, you need to have the B vitamin and uh, you need to have, and those are primarily in your greens. Greens and in the greens, that's where you get the B vitamins. Um, a study just came out that it really uh, elucidates that on an average, eight out of 10 Americans have a phytonutrient gap. Uh, they fall short on uh, 69% in the green category. And that's, uh, you know, you have uh, uh, the lutein, the zeantonine. It's like, you, you know, those are good for your eye health, for your skin, for your hair. Uh, and uh, you have the um, isoflavanols and all these. So these are the, the ECGC that it's in the green tea. Again, these are powerful antioxidants. Uh, 78% fell short on uh, red. And here, I mean, powerful, you know, the red, the lycopene. Uh, excellent, excellent, you know, especially for male health. Um, and then the elaic acid. So again, these are found in the red foods. And 
one of the best source. It's the tomato. So cooked tomato has a lot more lycopene than the raw tomato. 86% fall short on white. And that's, you know, we are looking at uh, the garlic, uh, the cauliflower, uh, you know, the onions, all these, they have powerful, the allicin, it's one of the most powerful antimicrobial uh, compound in the plant kingdom. So two cloves of garlic, it's actually equivalent to one dose of penicillin. Isn't that so great, guys? I'd rather have garlic than penicillin shot. <laughs> absolutely. And then quercetin, you know, quercetin, it helps support your immune system. These are all found in the white uh, colored foods. Uh, 88% fall short on uh, purple and blue. And here are all your berries, right? Your purple uh, blueberries and eggplant and, uh, you know, all these purple. Uh, and then there is resveratrol, you know, have a glass of wine, one glass, and then make sure that uh, you look at uh, red wine, uh, which has great health benefits. Um and, uh, and less sugar, less sugar than white wine, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. You want a, a, a robust, uh, dark red wine. And then 79 falls short on yellow and orange. And here it's when we talked about, you know, the squashes, the carrots, you know, those orange colors. And that's, uh, uh, you know, the beta carotene, which it's, uh, again, it's so critical. So these are the micronutrients, uh, you know, that we, you know, we really need. And uh, again, the body, like I said, uh, has such a complex system and our detoxification, which, you know, we are going into spring when everybody wants to detoxify. It's the best. You have to support your liver because the liver does all this amazing work. And, you know, you have to support the phase one that runs on the cytochrome P450 uh, enzymes, and then you are looking at uh, phase two because all these um, metabolites from phase one detoxification they are ex- actually more toxic than the ones that you ingest. So you have to make sure it goes right through phase two, where you need the methylation and glycation and desulfuration, all these processes to happen. Because there are four ways that we detoxify. So uh, in phase two, all these compounds are being transformed in water-soluble ingredients that then they are peed or pooped out. So those are the two major, but we also detoxify through breathing and through sweating. So again, when we are working with our clients, we encourage them. That's why movement is important. So you work up a sweat, you detoxify the body. And that's why she said physical. She's looking at physical too, because how are you getting rid of exactly? The toxins? And then uh, you take that moment of mindfulness, the deep breathing. Again, you want to detoxify. So through breath, you also bring your uh, um. Your, your whole body from that constant going, 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 which it's uh, in a constant uh, um, alert into a more rest and relaxed phase. And that's what so I think again. nature comes in handy, right? To go take yeah. a walk. You know, for people, for me, who, you know, I'm speaking to about meditation, 
everybody gets like all nervous. They think they have to cross their legs and do it formally. Mm-hmm. I say to them, go outside and take a bloody walk. Absolutely. Look at the sun, enjoy, take it in. And even 20 minutes makes a huge difference, a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, there is actually, you know, I was just following uh, the new research that it's coming out that how important it's that like morning sun, uh, you know, on being in the nature that first half an hour to because your body starts immediately to produce the melatonin that uh, you need it uh, in the evening so you can have a restful sleep. So you want to make sure that the first thing in the morning, uh, you know, you expose yourself uh, to that natural light and you take that 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever you you have available to connect with nature, listen to the sound of the birds, um, you know, anything that you can connect. And uh, also you experience uh, because everything is still dormant, you know, that there is that quiet, that stillness and bring your uh, um, your body into like downregulated into that meditative state, because then you are a lot more productive when you start working on, uh, uh, you know, studying or working or whatever uh, you have to accomplish. And those of us with dogs, we're very lucky. I love having a dog that I walk four or five times a day because it gets me outside with him and I get to be out. This morning, he wanted to be up early. He was up at 6.30 and bouncing (laughs) around and I took him outside and I got an old man for a dog. So, you know, at 14, I know you have a younger one that you just got, you know, they love to be with you. And so take them and let both of you enjoy some good air out there. You know, for me, I'm in a city that's busy. So I head over and live near Central Park. <laughs> Getting that chlorophyll into my into my brain is the best. It feels so good. You just, yeah. it really does make a difference. Yeah, there is uh, definitely, uh, there, so talking about the chlorophyll, you know, it's, so we share physiology with nature. So it's the chlorophyll has it, exactly the same structure like our uh, uh, heme. The only difference is that chlorophyll has magnesium and the heme has iron, uh, and the uh, the blood has the heme, which is the iron. So that that's the, uh, the difference, but it's exactly the same structure. So, uh, you know, exchanging, uh, you know, those vibes, I mean, it's so critical. And yeah, we that's our morning ritual. You know, we get up and we are out there. Um, you know, he's sniffing every grass blade and uh, everything. And, uh, you know, it gives me a chance to really connect with uh, my surrounding. I think it's important. And you guys are hearing a lot of information. So don't be overwhelmed. We're giving you the basics and the bigger picture. That's why I wanted to introduce a nutritionist and have them talk to you about when you have a chronic condition. I made lifestyle changes, not in five seconds. It's taken me years to talk the way I talk and cook the way I cook. And there's there's no hurry. Learning curves can be slow or fast. Take your time and learn about it. From this hour, you may walk away with a couple of things that just stick with you. 
And that's why the opportunity to know why is the Mediterranean diet so successful? Because it's easier to do. Yes, a glass of red wine with dinner. Yes, some olive oil. Yes, some fish. Yes, you have more room to move around things. You have olives. It's not so Atkins diet. It's not DASH diet. There are benefits from a lot of different diets. And I know you guys hate that word. So think instead of diet food plan or nutritional plan, how we eat, think that, you know what? We all have different things. We were talking before oh, I turned on um, the recording. For diabetics, it's different. You know, how do you help people with diabetes? How do you help people with cancer? And there are different protocols for that. How do you help people with something that many of us have? Stress. Can we eat to help our stress, Eleonora? So that's, the, like I said, the food is information. And uh, one of the, the critical point is, uh, for me, and what I find the success when I, I'm able to really teach my clients to listen to their body, because I can be an expert in how to uh, correct your type 2 diabetes, because these are all chronic conditions, right? Or uh, help you navigate, you know, the cancer. Uh, I'm a cancer survivor myself. And uh, um, how, uh, you know, how, how do you navigate that uh, listening to your body? Because you are the expert of your body. And forming this uh, collaboration, um, we work together. Uh, and I'm giving you direction. However, you are paying attention what your body is telling you. And food, it's also very culturally driven. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, you don't want to deprive yourself from, uh, I, because if you constantly hear that I can't eat that, I can't eat that, I can know you can't, you can this, you can this, you get into a space that you, you are isolating yourself. And, um, in my journey, uh, which I discovered uh, uh, after 10 years of being in this country, um, I myself, I was carrying these 50 pounds of inflammation, and uh, there was no specialist that could uh, tell me what was causing. So uh, uh, the, the last straw was when... Uh, my uh, primary care said, it's nothing wrong with you. You need to see a psychologist because it's all everything. It's on your head. And I said, my head, it's very straight on my neck. The head, it's fine. My body, it's not fine. And uh, then when I started to uh, pursue alternative uh, uh, modalities and I did a muscle testing and uh, through that, I found out that I cannot um process uh the wheat and gluten found in this country so even though uh, it, it was just like uh, an unbelievable shock what a life moment grew, huh yeah i grew up on bread and butter and now here i am i can't eat bread and pasta which was my <laughs> you know my my main um 
food categories. So, but there was no practitioner or uh, any uh, doctor or anything to to guide me. It's it's like, uh, well, you can't have this, you can't have that, and I was like, I was so afraid. Uh, I I literally I didn't know what to eat, and I was in the hospitality industry. I was a chef, and it's like I can't eat. So I I was in a very very dark space, and that's actually what changed my whole trajectory from uh, being uh, a hospitality um, director. Uh, being in the field, I completely changed my career to to really because. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there that they are suffering unnecessary, and there is this there is this need to educate, to make sure that you are not getting into that dark space that you are afraid to eat. And and yeah, immediately as I eliminated uh, the wheat and gluten, I mean, I didn't do anything else. The weight just melted away. So, and it was like such a revelation because again, it's not one size fits all. It's not one diet better than the other. You need to be the owner of your body and observe how all these nutrients affect you and then make the proper decisions. So when you are working with a nutritionist, it's all about that collaboration and helping you navigate um, like I said, being a chef, you know, I consider myself as a uh, culinary translator. You know, I'm going to break it down for you how to navigate this very complex um, uh, world and field to bite-sized pieces that you can strive and regain your power, your wellness. And like I said, you know, I should knock on wood, but here it is um, going on, um, uh, what was 2008? So we are in uh, 23, 15 years now that I'm cancer-free. But uh, it, it was, yeah, it, it, it was Amazing, a very, really. uh, yeah, it was a very dark time and being an ex-athlete uh, and uh, chef and uh I just couldn't believe it. So uh, it is, yeah. and it can be that simple, guys. It can be one food. It can be a group of things that just bother your system, you know. And and everybody needs to find that out so that you can control and you can feel better all the time. When I eat processed sugar, when I eat like uh, you know uh, white sugar, my hands hurt. My sure. hands hurt, and how. It, learning that when, when I eat too much, you know, I used to eat more red meat. I can't because my hands hurt, but I had to get the message. Oh, you're eating so-and-so and you're eating so-and-so that's when your hands hurt. Sure. So you have and to, then, you have to listen to your body. Yeah. Opening the awareness. And that's, that's one of the critical steps in taking control of your own health to be aware of how these foods impact your body. And uh, I, you know, I get the chuckle because uh, uh, I, you know, I have clients that they text me or they call me. It's like, I think I'm sick. It's like, well, what, what's happening? Can you tell me a little bit more? It's like, 
well, I used to eat five meals a day. And now if I eat two meals, I'm not hungry. It's like, yes, that's what's happening. When the body receives the nutrients, it's not constantly looking for that next bite because you need to give your body a chance to process everything that you introduce in your body. It takes six hours to process a meal. So just think about if you're not allowing that time, you're just compounding. So everything just sits into in that stomach. And we know carbohydrates ferment, so they produce gas and distension, and the proteins putrefy. So here you have, again, more gas and more distension. So no wonder that everybody has that, you know, the... Um, beer belly, that, the, that the, the beer yeah, pregnancy belly. look, you know? Yeah, ex- exactly. So allow, uh, and, the, and here it is, like, like I said, you know, we need to incorporate all the tenets of wellness. So mindfulness, don't just shovel everything down. Take time and savor every bite so you understand the flavors, how they are coming and all these. And that probably that's a topic for another uh, discussion. We'll definitely um, talk about, about that. You know, the taste, all these different tastes, why you need in your diet, because the organs are connected. And you really, it's an opportunity. I work with people on eating mindfully um, who are trying to lose weight um, or maintain their weight that they've lost. It takes 20 minutes for the brain to get a message from the stomach that you even are starting to feel satiated. So think about that, guys. Put your fork and your knife and your spoon down between a bite. Let your mouth enjoy the bite and chew your food. Don't swallow it whole. There's... When we're eating, take the time to really enjoy the food. You guys may hear some barking, and that's called two dogs that are both (laughs) rescue dogs. And sometimes they, you know, they need our attention more so. So I always like to tell you when you hear weird sounds, like working in my my building when they were making so much noise the other day with a nurse. But, you know, take the time to really enjoy your meal. And that's nutrition. That's really understanding that your body needs and craves these things. I know that sounds crazy. Like you'll say, well, my body really wants some chocolate cake. Well, what in chocolate does it want? That's a question. And that's where, right? And that's where nutritionists and dietitians can help you and also give you the information, understand why is darker chocolate better than milk chocolate? They're both delicious, but if it's darker, it actually has a better value for your polyphenols. body. Yeah, there you the go. Poly- you there need you the go. polyphenols. And again, uh, and, and here it comes again, you know, it's not one size fits all, right? Because, uh, yeah, dark chocolate, it's excellent. You know, it has a lot of polyphenols, but it has also tannins. So again, you need to look at the client and uh, help them navigate, you know, what is best that fits you. And, and here it's uh, another little pearl of, uh, and I, I got this at one of the conferences that I attended. It's like one little square of uh, 85 plus um, dark chocolate. It's equivalent to uh, the magnesium requirement for one day. 
Can you imagine, guys? Eat one eat square of like square. leaf chocolate or good chocolate. Don't eat don't eat crappy chocolate. Don't get don't think a Hershey's dark kiss is gonna count. I want you to get some really good chocolate, right? Exactly. Say so one well, square. That's your magnesium of the day. I'd rather have a square chocolate than take two magnesium tablets, right? Exactly. So again, we get uh, the the goal is for your body to get the nutrients from the foods that we uh, consume and not as as the word supplements, it's not a replacement for the food that we uh, we eat. So uh, yeah, whole foods, strive for the rainbow, um, make sure that you have a well-balanced macronutrients, you have an abundance of uh, antioxidants that we talked about, all those pigments, the different colors, chew your food and live a happy and healthy life. I love that. I think that's a great way to, for us to end. Um, if people were interested in hearing more themselves, you have a website. Yes, I have. Uh, it's www.englifestyle.com. Uh, Okay, so ENG is her initial. So yes, Eleanor Gaston, yeah. lifestyle.com. And I'm going to put it up on my, I'll put it up on my website. Yeah. And also, if if people are interested in finding other nutritionists that they can work for, that are closer to them across the country, is there a place that they can look where you can find, you know, registered, there's a directory or? Absolutely. Uh, M-U-I-H, uh, uh, there is a uh, link to find uh, a local practitioner. Yes. And uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, well-trained uh, and expert nutritionists and, uh, you know, all over the country. And uh, we are certified uh, nutrition specialists. And um, so, it, you know, it definitely... Well, it's a yes. good thing. And I really appreciate you coming on to talk to me about this, Eleanor. We'll have to visit some other things and talk about some cooking and so forth, because I've learned so much working with Eleanor and taking her yeah. classes. And also, you know, definitely explore my website. They have lots of, lots of recipes. Yay! And, uh, you upload, uh, and I, I just made a delicious, uh, uh, you know, Cookies are delicious too. I made a delicious chocolate chip oatmeal cookie, uh, which I used uh, rolled oats, uh, oat flour, and uh, there is a Himalayan uh, buckwheat flour that it's uh, it's an heirloom um, flour uh, that is grown in New York. So uh, it's high in. In quercetin, again, like I said, quercetin, it's rutin and quercetin. These are very two uh, important antioxidants that help your immune system. That's so great. That's really go, appreciate it. Yeah. That no, and we'll, be, we'll, we'll revisit. We'll on. talk about recipes and we'll talk about some other things because there's so much in nutrition that you can't get Absolutely. it all in. But I like to start uh, the 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 top of the year with from a good place and things for things things for people to think about and um, you know chronic conditions don't have to be the bane of your existence. You can help yourself with lifestyle changes, and both of us feel very strongly about that. Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, Michelle. This was amazing. It was a pleasure. 
All right, little one. Yes, there he is. He needs to. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs have to go out. We're gonna we're gonna disappear, guys. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Okay, thank you.